These guys keep asking me what I do and they know what I talk about, they know what it is. Today, the liquor been taking a pain away. I heard you was. Yo, yo, what's up, man? Fighting to contain the incitement on my end, bro. Tomorrow's the big day. Yes. The big day indeed. The big day indeed. A, a, a day that has been in the <clears throat> making since 2016. We're finally getting it. The reviews are stellar. I had a really good friend of mine got to see it uh, yesterday. Yes. And he has not stopped blowing up my phone today. He hasn't spoiled anything, but he's yeah. just going on and on about Paul Dono's Riddler, and, and we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about all that tonight, and I'm excited to get into it, man. Absolutely, man. Same. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to J-House Podcast Radio. This is the official pre-show before we go see the Batman. As I said earlier, we will be going live all day in Gulf Shores. Uh, getting ready to see the Batman at 7.30 that night. So it's going to be an epic time. It's going to be absolutely insane. And so I'm really excited. But for the, for, for the pre-show pod, we're just giving our all-out sprawl on Batman. I don't think we've ever really focused on one character in our 200-some episode history. We've never focused on just one character as a whole. And so Batman, it would be only fitting that he gets that first honor for J House Podcast Radio for us to talk about the Batman. And there's just a plethora of things like to touch on with this character because number one, he's the most enduring image and most iconic image in pop culture history. Whether you're a fan or not, you know who Batman is. You know, you're very familiar with who he is as a character and in every aspect of life. Everyone knows who Batman is. And so till this day, he has been the bread and butter for success as far as DC is concerned. And DC's had a lot of success over the years, but none more than Batman in every area. The, the best comics, the best movies the best video games like Batman mm. is he's just he's universal and so we we talk, we talked we've had conversations about this before just like why Batman being that first question like just why Batman why is Batman the way he is why is he so eternal why does he last so long throughout generations what's so special about Batman that makes him you know who he is today Evan, I'll let you uh, dive into that. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could go uh, with that. For me, my entire life, I've always been a, a superhero fan. When I was fairly young, I enjoyed Spider-Man. Uh, he was my first true favorite hero, was actually Spider-Man. Um, 
And it was just cool being a kid and seeing, you know, Spider-Man being a kid swing from webs. That was awesome. And right. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, I'll never forget seeing the uh, first one in theaters. That was one of the first films I ever saw in the movie theater. And yeah. uh, b- big shout out to Willem Dafoe for being the first person to ever give me nightmares. <laughs> Do that scene when she's praying, finish it. Like, oh my gosh, bro. When I tell you nightmares. Scary. It was like for a month after that movie, I was scared to pray at night. Dang. It was like it, that. It, it was, was bad. bad. <laughs> and like you said, who attacks someone during nighttime prayers? Why? Like, why the prayers? Any other time except that. Like, But no, I'll never forget that. That was awesome. Yeah. But then I'll never forget one of the first comic books I ever read. And I enjoyed, I always liked Batman. I always liked the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Um, I always enjoyed the animated series, uh, uh, mostly for Mark Hamill's Joker. Right. And Joker really is the first reason why Batman's so enduring is because Joker is just such an iconic villain who's taken on so many different forms, starting all the way back live action with Cesar Romero's Joker, then the Nicholson, then the Ledger. Then the Leto, right, and then to uh, now Phoenix, yeah, you know, he's just a timeless villain, yeah. And with that, Batman is timeless in that way, too. He's had many different iterations, many different, but I'll never forget reading the comic book The Killing Joke that really changed my perception of Batman because I'm reading it and it's not just about okay, there's some scientist who wants to take over the world. There's this, there's that. There's like some monster loose in the city or whatever. And it's some just straight action-based explosions and epic scale fighting. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. Right. Uh, Those things are awesome. And there's a lot of people that read comics for the action, for the fights, for the explosions. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that, that does not take away from the comic at all that there's nothing that makes in my opinion a comic book of objectively better than one than the other you know i feel like when it comes to comic books every you good bro yeah i'm good i'm sorry my bad when it comes to comic books everything is 100 percent subjective like there's right. some people that think watchmen is boring i i hate it for them but you know i get it watchmen's a big comic book it's not really action driven it's really you know it's a deep comic book. Right. And The Killing Joke was that first comic book I ever read that was like, oh my gosh, this is this is deep. Because right. here's the story of a comedian who has a horrible day and then becomes Joker and is lecturing Batman about, I wasn't always like this, you know. Yeah. I, was, I was once normal. I was right. once, you know, I, I was made to become pure evil. You know, I didn't choose this. It chose me. And then Batman's, you know, coming back at him at the end, you know, talking about um, maybe it's just you that's crazy. And that's one of the most epic monologues ever. And that's why, in my opinion, The Dark Knight is such a timeless movie for perfectly representing that scene. Like with Christian Bale at the end, you know, what were you trying to prove? That deep down everyone's as ugly as you? So, 
Yeah. You know, it's it's the depth of Batman, first of all. It's, first of all, villains like Joker. It's the depth of Batman's character. That's the second thing. And thirdly, I think it's the inspiration of Batman. I think right. Batman's definitely the most inspirational hero out there for the fact that he has no powers. Yeah. And the one thing you and I both agree on is the thing that makes Batman so inspirational is that he always comes back from a fall no matter how far it is. Right. Whether that's in the Dark Knight trilogy, losing your home, the love of your life, getting your ass tore up by Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Man, that was brutal. That really was. That was one of the most brutal scenes in cinema history. It was beautiful. It was then, so beautiful. And then Nolan couldn't just stop there. He had to have Bane talk to Batman the whole fight. For real. And then after he whooped <laughs> his ass, he kept talking. He started talking about, oh, by the way, thank you for the donation of all of your tanks. They will come in handy. Right. And I, I, he's, talk, he's like, this is what I'm going to do to Gotham now that I just knocked your ass out and you can't do anything about it. That's cold-blooded, <laughs> man. That's so cold-blooded. Yeah. You know, and I've actually had to change a heart on this, and you may have a heart attack here in this. Or, in a film like Batman v Superman, you can respect it where you have a Batman who's straight up lost his way. You know? Yeah. He's, he's been through the ringer. Joker has presumably killed Robin. And Lord knows what that would do to Bruce Wayne, you know, losing your parents. It's, yeah. And he didn't just lose them. They were killed in front of him. Right. Like he, like he saw the shit happen. He, like he watched his parents take their final breaths. Like there's some iterations where Thomas and Martha say something to Bruce as they die. You know, like, Bruce, don't be afraid. Only imagine how traumatizing that would be. And then yeah. on top of that, to have presumably Joker kill Robin, yeah, that would send someone over the edge. Yeah. So I'm a lot more respectful now of, because I've thought a lot about this, of Ben Affleck's interpretation of a fallen from grace Batman who's just out there ravaging the streets. Um, yeah. And that warehouse scene was epic. Right. My God, it was epic. And there's all the different, so there's another element to this and that's all the different aspects of batman he's really like a one size fits all character right like you you can make a batman fit here's a big point i'm gonna pass it to you and i think you'll agree with this i would argue batman is the only character that you can make a variety of different tones of films with like you can make a christopher nolan trilogy where it's a hundred percent dialogue based. Like it's a great film. There's action in it, but what makes the Dark Knight amazing isn't really so much the action scenes. It's it's the, yeah, it's the characters. It's what's being said. It's the line delivery, right? Which is crazy for because that doesn't really happen much in superhero films. Often in superhero films, they're good because of some explosions, like Avengers: Endgame or Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. Those films are all-time classics that will stand the test of time forever and ever and will be immortalized because right. of some of the most epic, fi- not some of, the most epic fight in cinema history. 
The only other one that compares is the Lord of the Rings. But Yeah. So but with Batman, he's just he fits in so well with so many different times. So you can have a Nolan trilogy and then you can have a BVS where it is action driven. Or you can have a well actually BVS was a bit more like the Dark Knight and it was dialogue driven. Yeah. But you can have a Keaton movie where it's action based. Right. You know, so that's another thing that makes Batman timeless. So yeah. it's the inspiration, it's the different aspects of his character, and it's definitely the coterie of villains. I mean, Joker, uh, and now Riddler is finally getting an interpretation that, you know, is portraying him as what he truly can be. Um, you yeah. Know, and I've been reading versions of Riddler my whole life that make him way more intimidating than anything that yeah. we've seen on TV thus far. And right. Paul Dono looks like he's going to be that dude to take Riddler to the next level. And everything I've read has said that he's the highlight of the film. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So overall, man, those are all the reasons. So there's real quick Riddler, uh, Mr. Freeze, two amazing villains, two face. I mean, the list goes on and on. So those are all the reasons that Batman is really um, a a timeless hero. Now, in your opinion, why is Batman always successful? Well, because he just, you know, <clears throat> he his stories and his lore is like they're more they've they've surpassed more than any piece of literature that that can be written. And <clears throat> I'm reading. Uh, I was reading before we got on. I was reading. Uh, Batman the Long Halloween. Classic. It's a classic and it's absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, now I'm starting to see why like these stories are so popular because it's not just about, you know, uh and of course to to the no offense to the casual fans out there, but to the casual fan who looks at the superhero genre you would, they would, they would think that, you know, oh, it's just about good guys and bad guys and, you know, uh, the good guy trying to win at the end of the day and, you know, superhero team ups and all that. And if any casual fan thinks that, then they're ignorant and they, they have no clue what they're talking about. Especially when it comes to a character like Batman, it's not just heroes and robbers. It's not just, you know, him versus villains. It's not, it's deeper than that. It's way more philosophical than that. It's way more spiritual than that. And in a mythological way, it's legend. It's it's very legend. And so when I'm reading The Long Halloween, I'm just taking note of, like, I'm seeing these similarities and what Chris Nolan got inspired from, what Matt got inspired from, um, you know, with, with this storyline. And about how it's not just about heroes and villains, but it's about the police force, how the crime bosses are affected by what's going on in the city, how Gordon and his family are being affected. Like, it's just a whole, it, it's deep. It's very deep. Like you said, you know, when you read uh, The Killing Joke, it's deep. You know, this isn't just about baseline superheroes. This I wouldn't even, to me, I find the term superhero offensive even, if I may say when it comes to describing these characters that we're talking about, they're not even suit. They're not even that anymore. They are legends. They're part of mythology. And when it comes to the legend of legends, that's Batman. 
through and through all the way. So for me, him being as everlasting as he is is because, number one, he is relatable. He's relatable to the umpteenth degree um, as far as being someone who's lost his parents, as far as being someone who deals with <clears throat> who deals with anger issues and personal mental issues. Some people would call Batman borderline psychotic. You know what I'm saying? He has all these different personality traits that go into one. You know, Bruce Wayne is an, is an insomniac. He's he he can be depressed at times. He's uh you know, he's uh he's just he he's peak physical mental human form. He's he's a lot of these different things over the years that people have been relate been able to relate to depending on the canon. And people see themselves in Batman. They see themselves, you know, as that rage, that anger, you know what I'm saying, that unrelenting force of justice. And, you know, and I know I said, I know I, I think I said, I don't know if I said this on the podcast a while back when we talked about Batman and Punisher, but I did, I do remember quoting to some people, I'm like, Punisher is part of that reason. <clears throat> He's part of those stable of characters where, people are frustrated in real life about the places they can't go and the things that they can't do for the injustices, for the injustices that we see in the world. And on the other side of that, in that same stable, there is no character who rings bigger on that scale too than Batman. Batman is the ideal uh, character when it comes to that. And no one else comes close when it comes to our anger at injustice and what we wish we could do if we didn't have the law. You know what I'm saying? Batman is that line. He is that guy. So it's like Jim Gordon said in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, once Bane exposes everything, he's like, there's a point far beyond on there where where the structure is shackles and you can't do anything about anything. You know, you let the bad guy get ahead. He's like, you may face such a moment of crisis. And in that moment, I hope you had a friend like I did to plunge their hands into the filth so that you could keep yours clean. And I'm like, that line hit deep for me because I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice if we, you know, if injustice happened or the system let someone get away and we had someone out there who would be able to cross that line for us where we can't go beyond the law and, you know, bring justice. Wouldn't that be nice? And so in this world that we live in, Batman is that ultimate symbol of justice and hope for everyone. And so, uh, and like I said, a lot of people just see themselves, and depending on your situation, you know, you can depend on Batman to be that character that you look to any time. I think uh, in 2016, I was going through a bad breakup and I was in a very lonely space and I had, I was hurting, I was upset, I was angry, and <clears throat> I'd never been one to relate to Batman before until I saw Christian Bale, and then for me, when it really resonated in 2016 was Ben Affleck, you know, that raw anger, that, you know, that grunginess that that Bruce Wayne carries with him, you know, that that paranoia, that just everything, you know, about Bruce Wayne that keeps him on his toes. I was able to relate to a lot of that in 2016. I was able to draw inspiration from that character and have a Batman who like, okay, I can relate to that Batman. I I can. 
And so that's what, and for other people, it may be because Batman is a generational character. So for other people, that may have been Keaton, you know, for them, for them, it may have been, uh, it may have been Christian Bale or Ben Affleck or, you know, and I'm not trying to shade. I don't want anybody to think, which leads me to my next point. I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to shade Val Kilmer and George Clooney, but I am. They both suck. <clears throat> I mean, bro, I, <clears throat> it is 1996, 1997. And the long Halloween is out. And it is looking at it on my, on my computer. As I live and breathe, it is one of the most darkest, realistic Batman stories ever told in the version of crime nor they said when they wrote it, it was in the, in the vein of like the Godfather, you know, type story. And it's just, it's absolutely awesome. It's raw. It's authentic. I love it. But I'm like, what bit, like, why was, why was Batman and Robin released in 1997? Why is Batman being represented this way in live action? When you got this comic right here, when these are the Batman stories that are being pushed out, and I'm not gonna question WB because I, you know, them fools is crazy sometimes. Sometimes they do the right things, sometimes they don't. But I'm like, dude, I'm looking at all of these Batman stories: Long Halloween, Killing Joke, uh, Batman Who Laughs. You know, just all these iconic Batman stories. And I'm like, Batman is far beyond any of this childish, campy crap that y'all can ever put out. Why anyone would ever want to put Batman in that light anymore is beyond me. I'm like, it just, it ruins, like, I don't even like thinking about it. It, it sort of, as an executive producer said for the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, he said they set out to make this thing that was real and honest to the character who he really was and erase sort of what had been done before Batman forever and Batman and Robin. That's what they meant. So when I told you the other day that we're entering into a unforeseen era, a territory that we've never been in before, I meant that because we've never, we haven't, we've never had this before. Like we've had Christian Bale as Batman We've had Ben Affleck as Batman, and now we get Robert Pattinson as Batman. And the thing they all have in common is that they're all Batman who are portrayed to the accuracy and tone of what Batman is in the comics. They're all different in their own sort of ways, but they all stick to what Batman is at a baseline. You know, dark, serious, you know, hope, uh, hopeful, inspirational, you know, vengeful. They all stick to those tones, and we haven't had... That's three straight Batman in a row. That's a streak right there, if you're asking me, and we're on tone to get two more after this, I believe. So, and like you said, like you said, you know, it, it never goes right when Batman goes campy. It doesn't. It, like, it goes... It goes wrong every time. Every single time. But uh, yeah, that's why Batman to me is so enduring. He's just he's relatable to everyone. He touches everyone across the world and uh, in a manner of different ways. Uh, emo kids, the national face of emo kids everywhere is Batman. Say less. You want an emo person? Batman, Bruce. Batman is emo as emo gets. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, like. 
like that's just what it is. And I think Robert Pattinson is on pace to probably be the most grungiest Batman we've ever seen. Uh, he has to be grungy. They were playing freaking Nirvana in the trailers. Right. That's what I'm so surprised about. Matt Reeves said, I put that song on and I automatically had the story in my head right there and I started writing. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That because like it feels so Batman ish. It's like getting back to those detect those, you know, those roots. Because even in the Nolan trilogy, we didn't get that. It wasn't a detective nor driven film. Those were more world class. We're dealing with every single kind of villain type deal. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just on this level before. So this is the first Batman project that is actually adapting one of the most important aspects of Batman, the detective in him. You know what I'm saying? And this will be this. I think it's going to be wild. And uh, as long as we have directors out there, as long as we have a Burton or a Nolan or a Snyder or a, a Reeves to be there who really cares about this source material, who really cares about Batman. As long as we have those guys directing Batman films like this, then I think Batman is going to continue to be the force that he is today. I think he's going to continue to be that eternal, you know, force to be reckoned with as far as a hero and a character goes, because he's way beyond that. Now he's not just some comic book character. He's a, he's a part of society. He is a, vital piece he's beyond pop culture he is a legend the most legendary fictional character ever made up there on that top five list of most important characters to literature he is a part of literature itself you know short stories long stories graphic novels comic books batman is there and so uh yeah that's that's my two cents on that man Oh man, dude, I can't agree with everything you said enough. I mean, I, I really can't. And <clears throat> you know, going off that real quick. So, I I know you're not one to base much off what critics have to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. But having said that, are you surprised that the Batman has received phenomenal? Critic review. Uh, and as a follow up, mm-hmm. has that heightened or lessened your hype for the movie, or not affected it at all in any way, positive or negative? Um, I think that the reviews that the film is getting, I'm not, I'm not surprised about it because it's Matt Reeves and. Uh, we know what his ability, what he can do behind the camera for characters. So I'm not surprised that the the reviews are coming out. Um, and the follow and and to follow up that answer, um, has it done anything to my hype personally? I would say no, because at first it did. Because I told you what I was concerned about was like. I was concerned because I look, I, you know, like you said, I'm not one to give in to what critics say. I don't do that very often. I'm a more personal moviegoer. I like to, you know, find out what it's about for myself and what I find out for it may, may be right along with what the critics said, or it may be wrong. 
but you never know until you go watch it yourself. I like to go into the theater with a clean slate on my mind. I don't want anybody else's opinion. I don't want anybody else's viewpoint on it until I see the film, and then I can discuss and we can compare because that's just part of it. I think I don't. I think people, and this is my personal opinion. I think people contaminate themselves, sort of in a way when they do that. When you take what a critic says first, and then go into the movie thinking that that's going to be what the critic says, and it might not be what the critic says. There's always a chance that it could be, it could not be. But that's the risk we take when we go to the movies. We never know. But you do need to have a clean palate in order to uh, judge the film for itself not to compare it to another or previous entry but you need to you need to let it sit for itself and and stand on its own and so for me no it hasn't affected my uh hype at all personally i'm excited for the batman um i know it's going to be a masterpiece of a film because uh matt reeves deals in these characters that way he just very character driven a uh, beautiful visual mix of live action and 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 practical and CGI sometimes like he just he's a a full master at it he's and so him bringing what he's bringing to the batman I'm I'm very very excited and uh yeah I mean I just don't want like and 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 I want to get your opinion on this too I don't want people to cuz I understand the Nolan trilogy set the bar you know, because it was the first, it was the first trilogy that we had that actually adhered to what the Batman comics were. You know, it was serious. It was, uh, you know, it did his origin story, which no Batman film had ever done before. His updated origin story, you know, as he trains with the League of Shadows and or the League of Assassins in the comics. You know, Ra's al Ghul and all those guys going back to who Batman is at his roots before he embarks on year one. Uh, you know, that was unseen, unheard of territory, especially for Batman. So it really elevated the game. And I know that that in everybody's mind, that is the bar for what a Batman trilogy should be. But I want Pete and I'm seeing a lot of it already on Twitter and on Instagram. You know, everybody's like, it's uh, the first sentence they say is not even well, the Batman was good and such and such. No, that's not even the first sentence out of their mouth. The first sentence is you know, still not anywhere near as good as the Dark Knight, or it's not in the same room as the Dark Knight, but it's close. I'm like, can y'all just let the film stand on its own first? I'm like, I know, I know the Dark Knight isn't is in a league of its own. I know that that that's undeniable. It is definitely the bar for a solo Batman movie, but we got to let this one sit. Like, we got to watch it. We got to let it marinate. You know, see if it ages over time. And my hype for it is not too big. Evan to the point where I'm just like oh my god you know what I'm saying like not that like you know not I know this is gonna blow my mind and have me hyped up yelling in the theater kind of hype but it's more so of a calm like I know that it even after this movie is out of theaters and on DVD I know I'm still gonna be watching this from years to come because it's just gonna be that good I have that kind of anticipation about the Batman and that's my kind of hype for it so what what about you? I mean, I know I know you take pride in 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 the critics. You 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 look at what the critics say, but you do have your own mind. I know that. Well, what about you? Does it does uh, it do anything I, I, for you? I will say that more often than not, 
I find myself agreeing with critic reviews. Yeah. I mean, you look at films like Green Lantern, uh, the Fantastic Four remake, Ghost Rider 2, every single one of those films, I think, has like a single-digit score on Rotten Tomatoes. Honestly, I don't disagree. Those films were borderline unwatchable. The, The only two films that I think that Rotten Tomatoes has grossly... Um, underrated is or well there's one they've overrated and that's The Last Jedi yes it is not no damn 90% anything right oh granted the fan score has it at like a 40 so you know that ought to tell you everything you need to know right and then I think BBS should be at least like a 60 or a 70 but they've got it as a, a 20 is way too low Jesus Christ Oh I mean, at the very least, especially the Ultimate Edition, I think it should be, like, on its worst day, it's a 60. And, but, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would give it a 70, but it's definitely not a 20. When I think 20, I think Green Lantern, and it certainly wasn't that bad. I mean, the warehouse scene alone makes it a 50. Right. And that was just a great fight. Um but no, the, the fact that the critics are giving this film all this praise, and not just that, it's the audience reviews. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad, and everybody keeps saying the same thing that I thought they would be saying, and that's that Paul Dono's Riddler has stolen the show. Really? I've been predicting that from the beginning. I've been saying he'd be the highlight of the film. Because I saw this kid and There Will Be Blood act alongside the most talented man to ever act, Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. And so I knew he would kill this. So I've been excited from day one. Now, granted, I am taking this movie with a grain of salt because I would have loved to have seen Ben Affleck fight Deathstroke. I I, I would have. I'll be honest, Derek. I'll come out and say it, okay? I would have liked to have seen that, but such is life. We got to accept what we're getting. And if we don't like it, then. This is what it is. Yeah. Because like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I think we're going to like it. And also, man, I I think it is refreshing that we're getting a Batman story without Joker. Yeah. I I think so too. I think we're kind of jokered out. I mean, Joker's a, a fascinating character, but I mean, he just got his own movie. There's talks of a sequel. Um, the only way I would truly be interested in a sequel is if they could somehow make it Willem Dafoe versus Joaquin Phoenix and a Joker off. Yeah. Could you imagine the carnage? I could. My- it would have. The script would just have to be phenomenal. Whatever idea they have, it would have to be like worth it. And how great of an actor those two guys are! Couldn't even tell you. And Can't after words, they'll do it. And after No Way Home, Willem Dafoe shown he can play a psycho killer. Yep. Atta boy. <laughs> he would be. A, he would be a great Joker. But I, I do agree with you that we're all chokered out. Like. It's time to let some other Batman villains shine because they it's some it's a lot of Batman villains that's owed some retribution 
Riddler is owed his. Bane got his love uh, in The Dark Knight Rises. He was shown tremendous love and in that iteration became the one of the most popular and iconic characters of the trilogy. You know, people are still using his quotes to this day. They're, those quotes were iconic, the way Tom Hardy acted. You know, Bane is a memorable character now, and no one would ever thought that when you look back at 1997 and you look at Batman and Robin and what they did to him. So, Jesus, there's a lot of characters who are owed their due. Uh, And I think that uh, Mr. Freeze is is due. Poison Ivy could get some love. You know what I'm saying? Like just a whole bunch of characters who are due for, for their own sort of take on the big screen with the Batman. And I think DC can definitely do that. And, and and so what i'm trying to figure out a way to, a way to put this what's next like for batman we go we're going to see this movie tomorrow and we're going to like bro it's going to be crazy but i think oh this is my first batman movie this is my first batman movie like solo from the beginning in theaters. I wasn't in theaters to see Batman Begins. I didn't watch The Dark Knight until it came out on DVD and it back in 2008, late 2008 or so. I didn't watch that until it was already out and uh, I saw The Dark Knight Rises on the tail end of, of Bale's run in theaters but I've never had, this This will be my first like if, like if you were a kid back in the 80s and you went to go see Keaton for the first time this would be my introduction into that for the first time i've never seen a batman movie on screen before so this is a first this is a sort of first for me a solo batman film on its own you never saw any of the nolan movies in theaters i saw dark knight rises that was it but i mean like from the beginning i've never seen a trilogy from the beginning in Uh, theaters i've seen spider-man i've seen the egg man i've been there i got I got history. I got DNA in my theater. I got roots in my theater. You know what I'm saying? I got local roots in my theater. I've seen almost every single superhero movie ever in that theater. And But Batman has been one I have yet to experience. I did see Batman v Superman in theaters, but I really didn't fall in love with that. I fell in love with it when I watched it. I loved it, but it really didn't sit with me until I got the Ultimate Edition afterwards. And so, uh, But the Batman... This is one that this will be a kind of a kind of first for me. A new Batman, new story, you know, just it's there. And it's I think it's gonna be epic. Oh yeah, and do now real quick, before we get to sort of the end of this, you had posted an article on the J House blog of your live action Batman ranked. Yes, I did. And, yes. and real quick, I'm gonna breeze through mine in about just like ten minutes. I've yeah. got here in anticipation for the movie, my top live action Batman ranked. Yes. Just to because like Batman is far and away my favorite um, superhero, has been for a long time now, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's not. Yeah, I don't think it is. Now for my list, I'm not including uh, David. I don't know how you say his last name from Gotham. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't include him either. I didn't. I'm not going to include Adam West 
and I'm not going to include Lewis Wilson or Robert Lowry. All for different reasons. Whenever I say live-action Batman, I'm talking about Keaton, Clooney, Kilmer, Bale, and Affleck. And yeah. after tomorrow, Pattinson. But right. I think I'm going to watch the Batman twice before I decide where I'm going to put him. Right. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm very hyped for this movie, and I'm kind of worried that might cloud my judgment, so I'm going to have to watch this movie a couple times before yeah. I just stop marrying for him. Having yeah. said that, here's my list for the five, all right? Right. Parts of this list may shock people, all right? I, I think I really am going to shock people. Because at number five, I don't have George Clooney. I have Val Kilmer. And I'm going to tell you why. Whoa. Uh, I, I know that's shocking. That is a shock. So I recently went on a Batman binge. And I, I still believe that Batman Forever and Batman Robin are both god-awful movies. Like I think they're both equally, or not really equally terrible. Batman and Robin's worse. But Batman Forever is not a good movie. It's dog shit. It's just awful. Hate it with every fiber of my being. Yeah. And with Batman and Robin. But George Clooney at least had a memorable moment in the movie I missed. And it's at the end where Mr. Freeze becomes a good guy. And, you know, Batman kind of gives that lecture about, you know, you know, uh, you were once a good man. You can do something good once again, Doctor. You know, that's something meh. Meh. Gilmer really didn't have anything. Yeah. He, it, it was, they were just both terrible. All right, so Kilmer at five, Clooney at four. I really don't have much. To, I mean, honestly, though, you could flip that, though. You could either, if you want to put Clooney at five and Kilmer at four, I don't care. They both suck. Yeah. They're both terrible. You were a lot nicer on your blog than I'm being right now. But yeah, I, yeah. You you were way too respectful. Saying things like we had never seen a Batman like that. We'd never seen one that shitty before. <laughs> was that too generous? I was too generous. You you were being polite. It's like whenever you know you set your friend up with an ugly girl, and it's like, what's she like, brother? She's got a great personality. Yeah, like that's kind of the, that's kind of the review you gave for uh, Clooney. Yeah. Different Batman. No one should have to tell you how bad Batman and Robin was, but I guess I will. After Batman Forever totally wiped the tone of what the Burton films established, Warner Brothers continued to push for a campier and lighthearted tone that, in my opinion, set Batman back years, despite his comic book stories being darker and more realistic at that time. Clooney is a world-class actor who I believe, if given the Burton treatment, could have been one of the best to ever don the cape. However, WB's obsession with destroying Batman hindered that. In my book, Clooney was still a great Bruce Wayne, which is all I can give him. You think that was that was a polite piece? I would agree that he could have been a good Bruce Wayne. Kilmer, no. Yeah, Kilmer, no. So now uh, for the for the top three, top three, because I actually have a lot more to say on the top three. Okay. I mean, I really just don't have much to say on Kilmer or Clooney. 
Yeah. So at, at, at number three, I have Ben Affleck. And I'll tell you why. The first main reason being, this might not be fair to say, but I can't put him on Keaton or Bale level because he doesn't have his own movie. I understand that's not fair to hold against him, but in terms of personal favorite Batman, you know, if he is your favorite, I can't argue that. You know, because that's subjective opinion. Yeah. But legacy-wise, I'm just looking at Keaton had two solo movies. Bale had three. Affleck, for a bunch of bullshit reasons, never got his. Yeah. So for that one reason alone, I can't hold him up there. Um, that's respectable. I can respect that. Yeah, it's nothing against him. It's just I haven't seen as much of him as I have Keaton or yeah. Bale. Um, yeah. My, my top three is not going to surprise anybody. But, um, uh, you know, with Affleck, I'll, I'll give him this. The warehouse fight scene to this day is the best Batman fight scene ever filmed. Just epic Batman just stacking bodies, throwing people around like ragdolls. Yes. And that one line was awesome. I'll kill her. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Ben Affleck did have some cold-blooded lines in that movie. He was, he was, man, he was, he was something else. He I was. Did, I else. think my favorite line of the whole movie is when the kryptonite explodes in Superman's face, and Batman walks up to him, "Breathe in, that's fear." That's fear. He didn't have to say much at all. He just said two, two, three words, and that was it. And then there was that one line: "You're not a god. You were never even a man." You were never even a man. I said. Oh, he was so angry. He was so, he was just, I'm like, he's ate up. The one line that was cold-blooded was, I bet your parents taught you you were here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson, dying in a gutter for no reason at all. They taught me the world only makes sense if you force it. Damn. That was some cold-blooded stuff. Cold shit. Shout out to Chris, shout out to Zach and Chris Terrio for, and Chris Terrio is a world-class writer. I think he wrote the Batman, or he helped write. No, he didn't. I'm not sure. But Chris Terrio did a lot of great work with Man of Steel. And shout. And he's an Oscar award-winning writer, by the way. So shout out to him for just, damn. Oh, yeah, definitely. There were some cold-blooded lines in that movie. Um, and then in ZSJL... I got to see a lot more of the Batman that I know and love. I know I've criticized the cynical view of Batman in BBS, but in ZSJL, he was damn near perfect. Oh, yeah. He was a lot better in that movie. He had a lot better lines, a lot better acting, um, a lot better director, definitely. Yeah. Way better director. Way better. (laughs) No, No argument there. No argument there. You wouldn't say Whedon is better than Snyder. I mean, maybe if you, if you were to ask me back in 2012, and this is just a little side note, like if you were to ask me back in 2012, I don't know what I would have said. I probably would have said Snyder still, but it's guaranteed now that Snyder is definitely better than Whedon. But also, I think we wanted to give credit to Whedon for what he did with the Avengers, but we can't even do that anymore because of what he did with DC and WB and how that all played out. 
So now when you look at articles and you look at comments now, people don't even give Joss Whedon the credit for the Avengers anymore. They give it to Kevin Feige. They don't even mention Joss Whedon anymore after all these accusations and trash. They they say, oh, yeah, Kevin Feige did great with the Avengers films. I'm like, damn. The Russo is going to be mentioned. They'll be mentioned for Infinity War and Endgame, back-to-back masterpieces. But Joss Whedon's name. Man, back-to-back $2 billion films. Back-to-back. Beautiful. Man. But, uh...
Now, I will – let me first of all concede that, yes, he had the worst fight scenes of Keaton or Affleck. Oh, I disagree. But go ahead. You think he didn't? I think – You think he had better fight scenes than Keaton? I think he had better fight scenes than Keaton. It's a toss-up for me. Yeah. It's just I, I only I only say that because of the realism that was incorporated with with the Nolan trilogy. That's would, why the, the would fight... you say that without the Dark Knight Rises? Um, let's see. Well, I, you still well, have Batman Begins. Well, no, well, no, no, no. You are right. No, I would. I don't think I. I don't think I could say that without Rises because when Rises dropped and we got to see Bane and Batman one on one, those fight scenes were. The choreography was the first time we'd really gotten to see like Batman really and him and Bane as agents and former trainees of the League of Shadows go against each other. You know, Bane was like, bruh, I was incorporated too. So we both from that same cloth, the the fireworks and all that, the theatrics, that's not going to work with me. And one by one, they broke down each other blocked moves things like that and bane just broke him down and that's that was based off real fight choreography by the way that's a real fighting style that they used in the dark knight rises so for me that hint of realism puts it above anything that that keaton that they had that they had to work with with keaton back in the day so well well, well that's respectable but i i get to the point with with bale yeah i mean you would definitely agree though that affleck's fight scenes were better yeah, I would have no no doubt. I, I mean, want, the the, yeah. the warehouse fight scene alone, alone, and and the way he fought Superman. Yeah, I mean, I I would even say that if you locked all five of these Batman in a cage, Ben Affleck would take all four of them at the same time. Ben Affleck would, and it would probably be Pattinson and and uh, Pattinson and Ben Affleck left, and then you know, we'll have to see how uh, Pattinson does in this one before we make a verdict. That's true. I'm just so I'm sold on that teaser. Who the heck are you supposed to be? Wow! And then he beats it. He he punches him down the first time. But for me, it's the two punches that come after the the skull crushing, brain busting punches mm-hmm. that you hear. The wah wah, and he's not punching him. He's pounding him into the ground like he's a hammer. Like ah ah. I'm like, damn. That was that necessary? I don't know, but that was yes. even a little. That was dark for me. I'm like, oh snap! What okay. wasn't necessary was the I'm vengeance. Oh, that was so necessary. As soon as he said that, I said, "Talk your shit, Rob. Talk your shit. Go ahead, bro." I was like, "Yes." Oh, yeah. But real quick, like for me, that was like Christian Bale being number one. Yeah. I've never seen a film. With like so many, it's the emotions of Christian Bale that get me. Right. It's the 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 realist the the real the realism of the scenes. It's the emotion of the moment. The moments where you know Rachel figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. Uh, it's the scene, dude. The Dark Knight. One scene in The Dark Knight Rises that doesn't get talked about enough is when Gordon figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh my God! It doesn't get talked about. He's like, shouldn't people know the hero who saved them? A hero can be anyone. A hero can be someone who does something as simple as putting a coat on a little boy's shoulders. Yeah. Oh, my God. So powerful. 
And then Gordon, Bruce Wayne? Yep. Dude, that, I about cried. That was beautiful. That 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 movie's full of lines like that. I think Talia too, Talia. I think for me that was the most emotional bell moment for me when Talia reveals to Bell, you know, that he that she to Bruce that Bane isn't the child of Raza Go, it's me. She's like, No, that would be me. You know, and he's like, But the child of Raza Go made the climb. I can't you know, she goes on her monologue while Gordon is parallel trying to stop the atom bomb from exploding and destroying Gotham and that music that playing that that somber music that brings you back to to Batman begins and she's like, I was gonna forgive my father, you know, until you murdered him. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, it's the slow knife that that cuts deepest. And I'm like, dang. I'm like, Bruce really thought he was doing something good. It's like he didn't even know on top of everything, and you you make this point a lot about Bale, you say that he's the one who suffered the most. And I'm like, I wouldn't even argue that with you. Maybe Ben Aff maybe Batfleck lost you know, Robin and, uh, you know, maybe Keaton has suffered his tragedies too. But I, I, I think I can now, I can agree with you in retrospect now that I've re-binged the, the Nolan trilogy. No one has suffered more than, than Bale has. So, and, and for that alone, it makes it a very emotional uh, journey, not only for Batman, we know Batman, but, you know, for Bruce Wayne. So I, I do, I do agree with you on that. Oh, yeah, and it's the lines, most definitely. Like one of my favorite Batman lines is whenever he tells Heath Ledger, What were you trying to prove? That deep down everyone's just as ugly as you? You're alone. Right. I was like, Oh my, this is Batman. It was peak Batman. It, it, re it really was. And even in the first movie, have you finally learned to do what is necessary? I'm not going to kill you. But I don't have to save you. I was like, oh shit, yes. That was hard. That was like the most epic finding a loophole ever. He's like, no, I'm just gonna let you die. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna kill you personally, but I'm let you die. I, I ain't gotta save you, bro, because you you know what I'm saying. But Roz got him back though. Roz got him back. He hanging in that cell, back broke, spine protruding from his back. What you know, watching Gotham get destroyed on TV, Ross said, I told you, bro, Gotham has to go. And Bale's like, No, he has this like ultimate breakdown. He's like, Uh uh, I can't. And I'm like, Dang, uh, I think, I think to that point, too, even when you said, uh, even when you talk about that line, even after that speech he gave to, to, to Joker, that short little piece, even after that, I think when he interacts with Harvey Two-Face was very powerful, too. You know, uh, you don't want to hurt the boy, Harvey. And then they go on and he's like, uh, he's like, you thought we could be decent men in an indecent time. And Joker's like, and I'm, Batman's like, I know, but we decided to act. We three. You know, it's and it's that same parallel that Dude, runs. You left deep. that. You left out a super iconic line there. It's not Which about was? what I want. It's, it's about what's fair, right? Exactly. I'm sorry, I forgot that. I I knew I was trying to remember what it was, but yeah, he says it's about what's fair, and then Bruce goes on and he's like, "But we decided to act." You know what I'm saying? So you only need to punish the people you know responsible, and. He's like, the Joker chose me because you were the best of us because he, he wanted to prove that even someone as good as you could fall. And uh, 
and even before that, you know, Harvey questions, well, why was I the one who lost everything? He's like, it wasn't. It wasn't you. And I'm like, that was powerful, too. That was powerful. Oh, yeah, it's moments like that. And it's, in my opinion, him as Bruce Wayne is on freaking parallel. Like, he is the definitive playboy Bruce Wayne. Like, you see him walking around with the supermodels that he can just call up whenever. But he's clearly just using them as props to portray this playboy persona to hide his obvious trauma. Yeah. He doesn't like it when Rachel catches him that way, too. Like, he was so embarrassed. He's like, you know, this is not who I am, Rachel. I am, you know, deep down. I am more. You know, and she's like, well, it's not about that. It's, you know, it's what you do that defines you. I said, hmm. I say he just spent all his time trying to keep this image up just to get caught by Rachel and give Rachel even more reason to like really not be in love with him like that. But that's the hero sacrifice that he makes. And then there's that line where he repeats back to her. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Right. I she's was like, dude, he's like this motherfucker. Bruce, like Bruce, this goddamn it was hard. It's just so, like, to me, Christian Bale is far away the most inspirational. Because, like, even though The Dark Knight is my favorite film, the best example of his inspiration is definitely The Dark Knight Rises. That's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I to, watch, to watch him take those hands from Bane after coming out of retirement yeah. to then come back, put the whooping on Bane, get stabbed by Talia but still managed to get the bomb out and save Gotham? It's insane. I mean, he didn't have to. So, it's going to be very interesting to see where Pattinson's going to rank all time with this. Yeah. Personally, I I feel comfortable saying that he might be number two after this. I think I would feel comfortable with that, too. I think, I I definitely think... um, and it's like you said earlier when we talked about the third place spot and you gave it to Ben. I couldn't argue that because it's not based off how good he was. It's based off the sample size. So I couldn't argue that. So and on my list, even that may change. You know, I think it, it may be possible. I think after this one that depending on just how good the Batman is, he may end up taking that number one or number two spot, but it's most likely probably going to be the number two spot. You really uh, think he has a chance to come for Affleck? For Affleck? He's in the same vein as sort of Affleck when it comes to the brutality aspect, the anger, the unhinged Batman sort of way. So I, I do think he may, and this is not based off how good they are as Batman. This is based off, you know, like you, like we talk about the sample size, uh, this is, you know, how this was supposed to be Ben Affleck's original movie, but, you know, plans changed. So it's, it's sort of weird. But, yeah, I do think he he has a chance to take that number two spot. But it's, it also puts Batfleck in a unique place because, like I said at the in, in the article, I said Ben Affleck may be the only Batman without a solo movie, but he is the only Batman to be put on the bigger screen with the other iconic DC characters and interact with them. So in that space, he's alone because he's the only Batman to ever have interacted with Superman on a live action, you know, in a Justice League on that scale. But also at the same time, he's the only one who doesn't have his own film. So it's sort of, it's a win-loss situation. 
you know, it's sort of, yeah, we got a Batman who who's with the Justice League and all that. But at the same time, we love him. We love him as Batman so much. We want him to have his own thing. But that's the only thing he does not have. So it's sort of a, a parallel. But Robert Pattinson has a chance to get three. He, he has a chance. It's probably going to be a trilogy. I'm, I'm predicting this is going to be a trilogy. Um, so we're going to get a lot of different aspects. Not only that, but off point, off top. This is not just a two something and a half hour Batman movie. This is a full three hour examination of the character in a detective nor tone. So we're about to get a lot of inside aspect to Batman, even more so than we ever got with the Nolan trilogy. Like we're in for a real deep treat. That's why I'm saying I don't think the Batman is going to be this film where people are going to be ruined and wrong all the time. This is going to be a film where you're going to have to sit your butt down and really pay attention to what's going on because it's going to be deep like that. So, uh, yeah, I think he has a chance to take number two. I don't see I don't see him going anywhere below three. I don't see him going below three, being a four or five. And, you know, with as much as they put into this, I, I can't see him. I couldn't. I don't know if I could see him being the third, not with what I've heard and not with what the way Matt Reeves and, and Robert Pattinson have described him playing the character, which is right up my alley. Unhinged, emotional, rageful, vengeful Batman. That's that's right up my alley. I love it. So he may he may he just may. I don't know. He just may. We're going we're gonna to see tomorrow. Dude, I literally can't wait. I mean, I've been looking forward to this film for like when the first trailer dropped, I was super hyped. Yeah. But I was actually hyped before that. Like, when I heard Paul Dono was Riddler, that's when the hype began. All right. right. It intensified with the first trailer, and it's just gotten more and more with each and every one. And right. now, hearing that the critics and everybody that has seen the film love it, that's just caused it to go just one extra notch up. And now yeah. I don't remember the last time I was this excited for a movie. Right. I love Batman. And it's also been so long since I can really celebrate something good that DC has done. Yeah. Been and a while. It, it has been a while for you, bro. I mean, it's been since Joker, which came out two years ago. Yeah. I mean, since then, well, I mean, I guess you could call the Suicide Squad a success. It was a success. Yeah, it, and see, like I said, that's why with the Batman, I don't want people predicating numbers to judge how great this movie is, even though it's a part of it, because people did that with the Suicide Squad, and it pissed me off. I'm like, this movie's a bloody freaking awesome piece of DC property. Yeah, it made three or four hundred million during the pandemic. You know, okay, you like, but don't point to that as the reason for it being a failure when you know this movie is awesome on an artistic and creative scale. Don't do that, please don't. So, you know, I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I feel you. So, I mean, overall. This has been a great one. I'm excited. I'm excited for the pre-show tomorrow. And I am literally counting down the seconds for this movie. It's going to be it, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's and all we, I can say. And, and we've been like, and I know how much you love the theater, calling it the bougie theater. You deserve to see a good movie there. 
You do. Oh, yes, we do. We so deserve it. We're we're long overdue. Cause we saw a dog shit movie there last time. Jesus, man. Rise of Skywalker. Mm. And I was so blinded by my hate. Folks, take the advice of Yoda. Don't be blinded by hatred. Don't do it. Because I, I was so blinded by my hatred of The Last Jedi going into that film. And I was just so happy that the movie was trying so desperately to act like The Last Jedi didn't happen. Yeah. That I mistook that for it being a good movie. Yeah. And I could not have been more wrong. Yeah. So but now we... <laughs> The Last Jedi is still trash. Still trash to this day. And now we get to wash our, our palate clean in that theater with a true cinematic work. So very much looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be awesome, bro. This was a great one. Absolutely, bro. This is absolutely epic. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Join us tomorrow. We'll be doing a pre-show live tomorrow in Gulf Shores as well. And I'm Eric Houston. This is my co-host, Evan Elliott. You can catch this podcast on our website, uh, www.jhousecomics.com, and on our social media profiles as well. And we will catch you guys later, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.